The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Tommy's here. I am here. Uh, you guys continue to do a great job, and I appreciate it on the ratings and reviews. Keep them coming if you haven't rated or reviewed the show, especially on Apple and Spotify. This one from L Sleeper, Tommy. This podcast is my favorite thing to listen to on my drive into work. I live in Norfolk, is the way they pronounce it down there, not Norfolk. Norfolk, and I work in Suffolk. There are a lot of D.C. fans down here in the Tidewater area. I find your podcast to be the best mixture of up-to-date information and perfect entertainment. Cooley is the man. Tom is great. Tell Tom thanks for the support of our local ODU legend, Taylor Heineke. Uh, thank you, L Sleeper. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get this podcast. Tommy just told me. Let me, me ask you a question, Kevin. Yes, yes. Before we before we move on from the accolades, and again, <laughs> another year of the Golden Globes, and we get passed over again. You know, there's so much politics in Hollywood; it's disgusting. It's unbelievable. I, but I don't. I honestly, I think if we continue to be as controversial as we've been over the years, I just don't think they're ever going to consider us. We're. T- I know. I know. For the them, far, we're the a big. Far, we for them, we're a big reason. risk. We're a big risk. We get. We get no respect from the farm. You would rest. certainly think, given that you know, not even the co-host uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays has acknowledged this. Of course, he wasn't going to acknowledge this. You would think that the eight, eight, and one preseason prediction actually coming true would would win us a Golden Globe. I don't know how that didn't happen. Wait a minute! I, I got a you mean I'm supposed to I'm supposed to bring out the parade for you. You're not capable of it yourself. I was ready to throw throw bouquets your way, but uh, you never even brought it up with uh, me. Well, I it's not my job to bring it up. It's not my job yeah, at all to listen, bring it up. Um, listen, you know, if you don't promote yourself, no one's going to do it for and you. Certainly, you're not going to remember this. This guy Land <laughs> is his name. Uh, wrote me this long thing. He said, "I just can't believe." Your good friend and co-host, Tom Lavero. I mean, he expects you to remember every single prediction, the few he gets right. And uh, you predicted 8-8-1. Eight, 8-8 eight, and one. Eight and eight would be one thing, but you predicted 8-8-1. Eight, eight, Come on, Tommy. 
Um, thank you, Land. It was pretty um, good. That, it was very impressive, actually. But again, eight, I, eight and one. again, I didn't get the exact game of the tie. I said it was going to be Chicago with the Giants, so I got to work harder next year. Uh, uh, so what? Yeah, you know, the Chicago game was almost a tie. The Chicago game score wise, yes. If you know twelve yeah. to seven, you get a little Chicago touchdown, two point conversion, fifteen to twelve. You get a field goal, fifteen yeah. fifteen. We could have had a fifteen fifteen overtime game, but at that point they would have it just finished. They would have just finished um, eight a uh, seven eight and two. That would have been the record. Oh my God, that would have been ugly. Right. Hold on, let me write that one down for next year. Seven eight and two. Imagine <laughs> I get seven eight and two next year, right? That would be impressive. That would be. Although, this year's impressive enough. Okay. You know, uh, don't reach for the stars. Okay. I, okay. Well, I mean, if you do enough, as Donnie Simpson used to say <laughs> at the very end of his program every day on WKYS, which I listen to religiously, uh, you reach, you know, reach for the moon because even if you fall short, you'll be among the stars. Okay. What, what, what were you in the middle of saying off of the oh. very nice... Accolade. Well, what I was, what I was saying was, how come we don't read any nasty uh, reviews? There must be some nasty reviews, aren't there? I get a, I definitely get some nasty reviews. Um, I definitely get more nasty, you know, tweets and nasty emails. Um, there have been a couple. No, I mean the actual, actual negative reviews. The the reviews on Apple, I have to tell you, like, so they. Um, there aren't many of them. I mean, why are you bringing okay. this up? Now you're now you're going to actually prompt somebody to say, oh, I didn't know I could give a negative review. Oh, my God. You're right. Um, you're right. You're but right. but you're we right. have, like, this podcast. Just edit this part out. This podcast <laughs> averages 4.8 stars out of five. I would think that's pretty good. That's very good. Again, that, that's Golden Globe-worthy. I would so. think so. And we've got over 4,000 ratings on Apple. Now, as I've said to you before, I, I do know, you know, in the podcast world, that's an incredible number of ratings to get. Like, that is, that's great. But it's also a fraction of what our typical daily downloaded audience is. So it, it, there are thousands of you that haven't rated and reviewed us so if you pause this for 30 seconds and give us five stars and a quick one to two sentence review that would be nice five stars don't take tommy's encouragement so that we can read a negative review on the next show by the way several people did um uh write a review saying cooley for oc in 23 uh that was from real deal holy it's not Holyfield. Um, and then somebody else said, what about Cooley for offensive coordinator? I've gotten a lot of that in the last few days. I think he would be a great offensive coordinator, but I think you typically have to start as like, you know, a position coach and then move your way up to, you know, some sort of uh, OC opportunity. Anyway, uh, what else do you have before you tell me about your Waffle House breakfast this morning? Well, that's it. That's it. I got a full belly. And I'm ready to roll, baby. So you went to... I've got yeah. I've got a bowl of hash browns, eggs, and bacon in me. Oh man, I love breakfast. A bowl. Love breakfast. It was a breakfast bowl with hash browns, eggs, and bacon, and ants. The ants were in there too, you... on the table. There were ants on the table. Oh, little ones. 
did they get? One. But they didn't get into the bowl. Oh, I don't know. How do I know if they got in the bowl? Because <laughs> you ate it so quickly, you didn't even look. Well, they were they were very tiny ones. They were oh. real tiny ones. Oh God, that's you know? so gross to me. We must have killed about a dozen before we started eating. Is that seriously? Oh my God. Absolutely. I can't, you know, I've been to a Waffle House. I was on the road many years ago, pulled over oh, in the wow. morning and had Waffle been House. To a Waffle House. I, I've been Look to Waffle House. Yeah, I've been to a Waffle House. I, I can't tell you, I've been to the, you know, I've been to more IHOPs than Waffle Houses. There are more IHOPs around here than Waffle Houses. Um, and I've been to the Pancake House many times in Bethesda <laughs> and the one in Rockville. Didn't you and I go to that one in Rockville, the original Pancake House once for breakfast no. together? We didn't? No. Oh, I thought that was maybe no, was we went Scotland. To the silver, I think we went to the Silver Diner. Yeah, we, we did the Silver Diner a lot for lunch. But um, yeah. the original Pancake House on Rockville Pike, and there's one in Bethesda. So, you know, ants aside, it was a good breakfast. Oh, and look, I love Waffle House. And, you know, just to get myself ready for it before mm-hmm. I went to bed last night, Uh-oh. I watched some Waffle House fights on YouTube. What is, what, what are lots they? of Waffle House fights. Are there YouTube. really? Oh, yes, there are. Oh, my God. Are they usually there's late at no night? shortage of them. Late at night? Yeah. Usually, uh, usually late. At, it's usually dark outside. Alcohol involved. Waffle House fight. Alcohol involved. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And my favorite are, you know, worker-on-worker worker fights. Those are my favorite. <laughs> behind the, the counter? Behind the counter are fighting <laughs> each other. Yeah. That's great. I mean, especially if you're one of those franchisees that owns the place. That's that's awesome. To see your <laughs> to see one of your places pop up. Look at look at your employees going at it. There's a pan over a head and there's some hot coffee being thrown. So um I, I will tell no, you like, let me make all, all, let me make it clear. I love Waffle House. Yeah, no, okay. it sounds like I it. like the I like the atmosphere. I like that. I like the whole Waffle House experience. Right. And, and I've told this story before, but when I used to go to spring training in, in, in Florida, in Vieira, for the Nationals, I used to stay in Cocoa Beach. Mm-hmm. And there was an infamous Waffle House, it's still there, on A1A in Cocoa Beach. Right. And I'd wind up there many times, one thirty, two, two thirty in the morning. And typically, I'd be the only one in there with two eyes. <laughs> with two eyes, right? Yes. So uh, many, a, a, ma- a lot of glass eyes in that place. A lot of glass eyes, a lot of bad beams um, in that yes. place. Uh, I mean, for for those kinds of places, you know, growing up in uh, you know on the mean streets of Bethesda, we did have Tasty Diner, you know, which is still. I mean, I can't tell you how many times late at night, especially as a much younger person, I ended up in Tasty Diner. And taste, I, in fact, I will tell you, uh, until recently, meaning in the last like 15 years, I don't think I had ever been into Tasty Diner actually sober. Um, but I love, I love diners and I love breakfast. Yeah. I like making breakfast. Yeah. I usually make breakfast for everybody on the weekends. My wife doesn't make breakfast. I'm the one that makes breakfast, but I love being at a diner, you know, uh, for, for breakfast and silver diners, you know, awesome for breakfast. Tasty diners, awesome for breakfast food, the waffle houses, IHOPs, you know, it's really hard to screw up breakfast. I mean, seriously, it's kind of yeah, hard unless you got ants yeah. in your bowl. You know, keep. 
I was I, I was pointing that out as 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 a plus, not necessarily a negative. Uh, I, I mean, know I, think, I, thought I know you were. It would be a negative for me, but I would understand it, right. and I I wouldn't mind it considering where I was in the state uh, that I was in. Now, what is your yeah. favorite breakfast combo? Did you have it this morning? Was that your favorite? Well, you know, you can't get a breakfast bowl of bacon, eggs, and hash browns in every place. You can only get it, I pretty think, pretty much at Waffle House. Okay. Generally, if I'm at a, if I'm at a Denny's right. or a diner Grand for breakfast, yeah. I'll usually get a ham and cheese omelet. Mm. A ham and cheese that omelet. That would be that's that's my usual move. I think mm, ham uh, and cheese, and I don't like my omelets to be fluffy. I like them to be flatter. I don't like them fluffy. <laughs> so you don't like a big a, a big three egg fluffy omelet. You'll take a two egg no, flat I, omelet. That's what I like. I prefer the flatter. Kind. And what do you go with in that omelet? Probably for you, just cheese. Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Okay, you said ham and cheese. I actually love Canadian bacon, which is kind of like um, ham. I if, if first of all, that's not my go-to. Omelets are not my go-to. Like even if I'm at a brunch place, you know, like at a hotel, and they've got an omelet station, I usually don't go omelets. I will go two eggs over medium, and then you know, load it up with you know, bacon, sausage, Canadian bacon. But I'll tell you what, in a diner. Especially if they do it well, French toast and/or pancakes. I mean, and uh, you got to go with the whole thing because you got to have the sweet and the salty mix. So the eggs and and the sausage bacon with the hash browns, and then a side, a short stack, Tommy, a short stack of pancakes or a side of French toast. French toast is something I do a lot of at home with the big challah bread. And um, and I do pancakes every once in a while. We do waffles. I've got a waffle maker. I do waffles. I like waffles too. You go to the Waffle House, you didn't get waffles. And coffee. No, coffee is very important at a diner. But I don't drink coffee. That's right. You don't drink coffee. So what did you no, drink? I don't drink milk? coffee. I drink milk. And the waitress looks at me like I'm <laughs> I'm some kind of nerd. That's every not time I, when I order a glass of milk. That's not. I remember one time when we were in Spain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, with my family, yeah. and we were in Barcelona, and uh, I, I had a little bit of a hangover from the night before, and we went down for breakfast, and I really wanted a glass of milk. Mm-hmm. So when the waiter comes to me and says, what would you like to drink with your meal? I said, I'll have a milk. And he just stands there and looks at me. Yeah, you're in Europe. For like about 30 seconds at least, although it seemed like five minutes, uh, he said, Milk? And I said, "Okay, I'll, I'll have a cerveza." <laughs> yeah, and he was he was embarrassed for me yeah, but, that but, I would order a milk. Like I, know, I wasn't a man. But milk here, for, as for a breakfast, that's not so unusual. You know, coffee and juice is obviously the first the things that get offered, and I'm talking about non-alcoholic. Um, you know, co- coffee, juice. First thing, first thing a waiter says to you, or a yes, waitress says to you coffee. at breakfast, coffee or milk. Uh, coffee or, or juice. I usually don't do the juice. I always do the coffee. Um, but I'll tell you what I do like every once in a while. I will buy this in the supermarket. I love chocolate milk. But not every kind of chocolate milk. Like uh, it's some of the um, private labeled uh, chocolate milks like it's Safeway, which is Lucerne, or Giant, which is whatever it is. You know, sometimes that chocolate milk's great. But the Nestle's quick 
chocolate milk is excellent. And then Whole Foods has a chocolate milk from some dairy that they get that's phenomenal. I love cold chocolate milk. Do you drink chocolate milk? Not a chocolate milk guy. I don't. Mm. I don't have chocolate. I don't eat candy. I don't want. Yeah, chocolate. you're not. A, you're not a sweets person. God. I got sick on chocolate when I was a little kid, and it, it always stuck with me. You, you decided not to go back. Yeah. Uh, you've missed out. You've too really missed out. Too bad I didn't have a beer when I was five years old and gotten sick. <laughs> it changed my life. <laughs> True. <laughs> too, too bad I didn't lose my first wager that I made <laughs> when I was in high school. Might have worked out much better. Um, all right. Well, at least we've learned something. We've learned it's actually a positive that there are ants on the table at a Waffle House for Tommy. And don't you dare fluff up that omelet for him. Keep that thing <laughs> flat and hard and, uh, and probably well done. Um, all right. Uh, I've got, you know, actually, I'm, I'm thinking here, you and I did the podcast on Tuesday, just yeah. as the Rivera and uh, Mayhew press conference end, ended, but before Scott Turner was fired. So I'll give you a chance right now to weigh in on something we expected. We actually did talk about, you know, Scott Turner on the show, and we, we I think everybody knew he would get fired. Um, but if you had any thoughts on that, go ahead. Well, uh, the whole Scott Turner thing, I mean, I think you know, we, we sort of expected that. It's, it's hard to defend Scott Turner. Uh, I guess the only defense about Scott Turner is you could say, like, he's an accessory to the crime or he's just, you know, they, they didn't get the whole gang in, in this case. They just got one, one of the uh, criminals. Uh, for this offense this year, uh, but uh, you know, the, I, I I didn't really get a chance to 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 really evaluate the the press conference until much later. I mean, I did a superficial evaluation. Well, I did but, too. I went much deeper into it yesterday, but it had just ended, yeah. and we didn't have all the quotes right in front of us. No, I know what you're saying, but but before yeah. you go there, because I know where you want to go to there. In a second, I just want to ask you one question about Scott Turner. Do you think this was a total scapegoat firing? Well, do I think he's culpable? I think he is. I think he's in part, yeah. So I think it was a semi-scapegoat. And he's not innocent, okay? I just think that he's part of a crew, uh, an offensive uh a limited offensive crew. I'll tell you why. He's part of a limited offensive, a limited intelligence quotient period in that building. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's been 10 years of that in that building. I'm talking about on, on the coaching side. I mean, the yes, last... I mean, no, I mean on the football side. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying on the I, football side. I have side. no idea how dumb... This, this, this organ, the new football organization was, the new culture football organization was, until the coach and the, the general manager got together and opened their mouths the other day. You know, the, you, I had no well, idea well, how well, dumb they were. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, I think they've got a serious, and I think we've seen this over the three years, a seriously short, convenient memory, and they aren't the best communicators. I don't think Martin Mayhew 
is dumb. I actually think he's pretty thoughtful. I'm not saying he's a great general manager. Um, but I definitely think with respect to communication, there are a lot of people out there, with the exception of Jack Del Rio, who are kind of slow on the take. Now, with that said, back to the scapegoat thing. I, I just – the reason – I. They gave this guy a contract extension a year ago. They're going to be paying him through 2024. All it would have taken would have been one bounce of the ball in one of these close games that they lost, a 9-7-1 and record playing this weekend, probably in a game that they wouldn't have had any chance of winning against the 49ers. And there's no way that Scott Turner would have been fired. No way. I think it came the 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 crash and burn down the stretch. Ron felt the need. We got now. I'm not saying that there wasn't a little bit of a disconnect between Ron and Scott, um, and there's a disconnect between Ron and Ron. Uh, you know, between what Ron says now yeah. and what Ron said a few months ago or six months ago. Yeah. But I'm just saying that somebody had to. Uh, be the scapegoat for this. I don't think the fans are buying any of it, um, but it was obvious it was going to be Scott Turner, especially after that Sam Fortier story. And I just think that, you know, I mean, to me, the defense, and I already made it yesterday, and again, just to be clear, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, I'm totally okay with them trying to do better than Scott Turner. Tommy, the net of it is, and I probably said this to you on Tuesday and even before Tuesday, I don't know how you can actually legitimately evaluate an offensive coordinator when he's had eight starting quarterbacks in three seasons, and none of them, unless it turns out that Hal's good, but he only started one game, none of them are any good. I mean, his two quarterbacks this year per that's, PFF. That's absolutely fair. I had Nick Ackridge on the radio show this morning, the PFF senior data analyst, and again, Whatever you think about PFF, but they evaluated 41 quarterbacks. I was wrong yesterday. I said 38. 41 quarterbacks had enough pass attempts to be evaluated by PFF. Heineke finished 40th and Wentz finished 35th. So only Zach Wilson was worse than Heineke, and there were only six guys worse than Wentz. And somehow, somehow they went 8 8 and 1. I mean, in this day and age of. You know, football, if your quarterbacking has been as bad as their quarterbacking's been and you are flirting with 500, I actually think there's probably some credit due to somebody. Now, the defense was awesome this year. The defense was spectacular, and they ran the ball in the games in which they were uh, competitive in. But anyway, enough about Scott Turner. I know where you wanted to go, so go with it after you know more of a deep dive into the Mayhew-Rivera press conference. Well, uh, one last thing about the Scott Turner thing is yeah. good luck getting an offensive coordinator come here of any note. I talked about that too given, as well. Yeah. yeah. Given the uncertainty of the ownership status, and the limitations, which were clear as day, of, of your bosses in that press conference. Well, beyond that, uh, you, say, you're, you may be taking a job with a coach that's going to be blown out a year from yes, now. Yes, yeah. that's so, what I mean. Yes. Given the ownership situation, it makes every, every position uncertain. Good luck trying to get somebody of any talent to take this job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you say Martin May is a smart guy. He's got a law degree. Okay, uh, I've met a lot of lawyers who I don't think are smart guys. Yeah. Okay, 
Nobody. I just don't think. I just don't think he's a dummy. I think he's thoughtful. I don't think he's a dummy. I don't think he's a great GM. Nobody can be thoughtful and say the things he said and think that nobody was listening, paying attention to the things that they said when they traded for Carson Wentz and talked about opening up the passing attack exactly. and, and going downfield. Exactly. I mean, it, 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 it just that, that's, a, that's literal stupidity to think that, oh, they'll never remember that. Who was paying attention then? Either you really purposely said they didn't think that people would remember or they just simply forgot what they said. He wasn't very thoughtful on that answer. No, no. <laughs> I mean, this whole I, – I thought the running game, which is what they did this year – made a lot of sense because of the limitations of the quarterback. Right. I mean, that was, I thought it was a byproduct of of their talent, not their actual strategy moving forward, not the overall game plan, you know. I mean, look, I love the old, I love Larry Zonka, I love Rigo, I love all those running backs. But baby, it's it's 2022, and nobody's getting to any NFC or AFC title games, except for except for Tennessee one year a couple years ago, and that was with Derrick Henry, who's a generational running back. Nobody's getting to those games with the, with just a running game. You need the quarterback who can air it out. You know, I mean, he, I don't know where he got this notion. That you know, teams that are successful rely on the run. Where I, I looked at the, the Bills, I looked at the Chiefs, I looked at uh, who else did I look at? At the Bengals, and passing the running is almost two to one uh, ratio against running. And you, you got to remember, with all those teams, some of those running attempts are from their quarterback. Yeah, and a so, lot of those running they, attempts are late in the game when they've got a lead. They threw to yes. get the lead, and they ran to you know kind of Gibbs in '91. I mean, there's so much to this, and you haven't heard my my take on this because I did it on the podcast yesterday without you, and you don't listen to the podcast unless you're on it. Um, but you're you're spot on, and me saying that he he's thoughtful, he wasn't very thoughtful with that answer. And I don't know if you were about to say this. But how about the part where he said, Mayhew said, you know, the team that I was involved in here was a run-first team. No, the 91 team was one of the great downfield passing teams of all time in terms of the deep ball with the posse and ripping, and they did run the ball well too, but usually it was with big leads and they were running a lot in the second half. But – um. You're, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's stunning. I mean, they're going to have to dig up George Hallis well, if they want to get the offensive coordinator that they want. But that's if you really do believe them, and rather than them just kind of riffing and coming up with something that sounds good for the press conference that day, which, <laughs> which really has been Rivera's M.O. It's like he's looking for themes. Like I, I mentioned yesterday, the word formula, as in run first, heavy run-to-pass ratio was used seven times in the press conference. You know, it's like when Dan had the coach-centric press conference when he introduced Ron. It was like, oh, this new thing. No, see, here's the problem, and 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 you nailed it. Like, 
if it would have been okay when David Aldridge asked a very good question, you know, you've been talking about this run first team. Is that more philosophical or was it more because of your personnel? It would have been totally okay for them to say it was because of our personnel. That was what kept us competitive. We had some limitations and we had a great defense. And so we turned towards a formula that we thought would keep us competitive. And it did, you know, uh, which by the way, I give them credit for, but here's the problem with them saying it's philosophical. Well, you start with, they traded for Carson Wentz. And as you described, and I pointed out yesterday, they were talking about stretching the field and they finally have a quarterback that can make the NFL throws and we're going to go vertical. You know, and not only that, they extended Terry McLaurin. They drafted Jahan Dotson. They re-signed J.D. McKissick, a pass-catching back. And who did they let walk out the door? Sheriff and Flowers. And and yeah. so and 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 they drafted a tight end that's really a wide receiver in Cole Turner. Now I know that they wanted to be a team that could really pound people and be physical between the tackles, which is why they drafted Brian Robinson Jr. But balance is one thing. Philosophical. He, Mayhew at, at one point basically said that what they did on Sunday, which was two and a half, basically run to pass, not two and a half to one, but uh, more than two two to one, is what they want to be. No, the, the nine of the top ten uh, teams, nine of the top ten offensive passing t- teams in the league are in the postseason. 13 of the top 16 in DVOA are in the postseason. Now, here's what I talked about this morning, which I haven't talked about on the podcast. If you really were being honest the other day, and this is what you want to be, then go get the quarterback that completes the entire run-first puzzle. Because Cam Newton was a running quarterback. And those dual backs that they had with Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams and then Jonathan Stewart and Christian McCaffrey, which Rivera talked about the two backs, and that's why they drafted Robinson to have the two backs. Now go get the quarterback. Now maybe they believe Sam Howell could be that guy because Sam Howell can run and he's a physical runner. Um, but go go get the, the quarterback and go hire, when he gets fired in Baltimore, Greg Roman, to come in here, who's had Kaepernick and who's had Lamar Jackson, and let's do it. You know, If we're going to go that route, if you really believe in that philosophically, then in 2023, your quarterback has to be a part of that. Now, you're going to be limited. Baltimore's never gotten to a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. Tennessee, with yes, in, in Tannehill, they presented him often as a dual-threat quarterback with Henry, with Arthur Smith with, with, uh, uh, as, their, uh, as their coordinator. They won 12 games. They were a one seed last year, but they got beaten the first round at home because it just like this year and watching what, what, what Washington was trying to do, it's a small margin for error approach. Now, can you win a lot of games that way? Yeah. Can you win a Super Bowl that way? I don't think you can. I think you'd have to get lucky to do it. Um, and I think you'd also have to have somebody like Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields as your quarterback. Justin Fields, by the way, can throw it much better than many of you have tried to tell me he can throw it on Twitter. You know, if Justin Fields becomes available because they want to draft Bryce Young, which I think they should consider, I would if I were a Chicago. If I were a Chicago fan, I'd be thinking seriously about Bryce Young, and I like Justin Fields. If that's the case and they're looking to deal Justin Fields, then then go for it. 
Be what you were in Carolina. You you were running your quarterback off tackle. You were running counters with your quarterback. You were running a ton of read option with your quarterback. Go for it. Be that kind of team. But don't tell us that that's what your philosophy is when all of your actions said you were the you were trying to be the opposite of that. Maybe not the opposite of that. Maybe that's uh, an exaggeration. But it certainly didn't say that you know you wanted to be a two to one run over pass team. And by the way, in the NFL, you you throw to win. You run to run the clock out to preserve the win. That's right. what the great teams do in 2023. You know. You're not going to be a one seed or a two seed with a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl like Buffalo and Kansas City and Cincinnati unless unless Kyle Shanahan's your coach and you've got an incredible roster. Although I'll tell you, I am starting to believe that there's no way a seventh-round last pick in the draft third-string quarterback can win a Super Bowl. Can he? I don't think that – I think they're going to stumble. Uh, and they're such a it's such a good team. I mean, it's a phenomenal team with a great yes. coach, head coach, and great defensive coordinator. Again, they have that again. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what, Kevin? I think I think part of what we saw, a good part of what we saw in the press conference, uh, is them trying to wash the stink of the Carson Wentz trade off them. Oh yeah, there was the a stink. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. The stink just covers them. It, it absolutely covers them, and they can't wash it off. And they're trying so bad to wash it off. You know, I mean, again, you know, I went back and looked at the what what Martin Mayhew said when they traded for Wentz, and he almost used the same description at the press conference at the end of the season. He they he referred to both times in praising him as saying he was the second pick in the draft. Yeah, this is the, this is their fallback. The, look, look how high he was in the draft. When what was that? Two thousand seventeen. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. I mean, come on. I know. I mean, so that's what they're doing. They're trying to wash the stink because it's such a bad stink. It, I can, I, I, I smelled it at Waffle House this morning. I thought <laughs> it was my eggs, but I think it was the stink of the Carson Wentz trade. You know, they you can smell it everywhere. They did in that presser, and we haven't talked about it, but you're right. You just brought it up. There was a lot of, you know, uh, they weren't even asked specifically about it. No. I'm reading the quote right now. Um, uh, we had several, he said, all those guys have ability in talking about their quarterbacks this year. As I mentioned to you guys before, this was Mayhew quote. We did a lot of work on Carson. We knew a lot about him, the good, the bad, the ugly. We thought he was a good fit for for how we wanted to play football, and we weren't able to play that style of ball. We wanted to play the first couple of games, as you guys saw, but didn't have Brian Robinson Jr., didn't have the run game going the way that, uh, that we saw it, that the way that we wanted it. We were two to one pass to run, which is not our formula. <laughs> I mean, the formula. Whole, but so he goes on and on. And, you know, Carson being this, look, I, I, I think that more than their communication, which I think has always been clumsy with Ron, I think that the single biggest indication, football move wise, that they're not very bright was not recognizing the billboard-sized red flags on Carson Wentz. In 2022, 
if a quarterback's any good and has any opportunity to be a franchise quarterback, said quarterback does not get traded when it when it it, it, it includes excuse me when it includes the largest cap hit in NFL history. The Eagles took on, I've said this 50 times since the trade, the biggest cap hit at the time, dead cap uh, number, in the history of the league. Indianapolis, a year after sending a first-rounder to Philadelphia, said, no thank you. If you can't recognize those red flags, despite what your due diligence is telling you, by the way, from... Uh, two uh, coaches and Peterson. Peterson was gone, understood, okay? Um, but Peterson had had it with him at the end, too, reading through all that stuff. Frank Reich, yes. who was his guy. If, if you're not, if you don't back off instead of going headfirst and overpaying for him, you're, you're kind of stupid. You know, it's like the Don- Donovan McNabb thing. I-, I told you, there's only one time in the history of Red Zebra Broadcasting that I got called and I was a bit concerned about something that I said. Easter night, 2010. The Donovan McNabb trade happens. ESPN News, I think, calls me. Can you get to our studio and do a hit with us? So I went to their studio, did a hit, and they said, what's your reaction? And I said, to be honest with you, I would think that it's a major red flag that Andy Reid wants to trade and is okay trading Donovan McNabb to a team in the division. And I got a call from late that night. What did you say? What did, where were you? What were you doing? It was Easter. And somebody in the organization, won't mention who, saw it and was pissed. But anyway, I got through that moment. I mean, that was that would. By the way, that's the only time ever about anything that we is. ever said. And I, I, I yeah. never heard anything. Yeah, and they, anybody, for anybody, think... never. Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, Jake was called once after a post game show that Jake and I did. Where Jake? Let's let's face it. Yeah. Let's face it. We'll, we'll do this someday, but they almost didn't know we existed. Uh, that's true. There, no doubt. <laughs> after they after they purchased it, they didn't unless. They saw somebody from the station on TV panning the Donovan McNabb trade. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that didn't work out well. I should have said it on radio the next day, and they would have never heard it. Never. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, they did do some of that. You're right. I mean, there was a lot of Carson Wentz kind of explaining. Yeah. By the way, at, some, at one point, I didn't mention this yesterday. Because one of somebody tweeted this to me. How did you not mention the fact that Ron Rivera talked about a big part of the stretch uh, where they were hurt by, you know, players being injured, including Brian Robinson, their two top backs being on injured reserve? Yeah, that's a joke. You're a hundred percent right. Brian Robinson Jr. wasn't on injured reserve. He didn't play in the last game. He might have been banged up, but they just decided not to play him. And Antonio Gibson got hurt in the 49er game and didn't he didn't play against the Browns, right? But still, I mean, come on. Enough about the injuries. Enough about the injuries. You know, you I know you didn't watch the game. You you had a a, a good run of playing complimentary football. And having these coin flip games, which both of the giant games were. 
And then you got to the game that you had to have, and you had a defense that got shredded, and you started a quarterback who was even worse than the one that had been playing and had turned the ball over five times in the previous three games, or had fumbled five times in the previous three games um, and lost four of them. Um, you just you, you choked. You gagged down the stretch. And yeah. that, yeah. But Ron's going to be here. I, I don't – Oh, here's the other thing uh, people reminded me of. Why didn't you talk about Ron mentioning that he's going to have a meeting with the Snyders on Monday? I guess I just didn't think... I heard him say that. It was at the very beginning of the press conference. You know, he said he had... uh, He said, very briefly, we had a chance to speak to ownership. Um, I will meet with both um, uh, on Monday. I didn't think that that was significant. Like... Do you like what? What? What's your first thought about him meeting with Dan and Tanya on Monday? Well, it's it's always newsworthy uh, when the coach meets with with these particular owners. I mean, I don't expect that that they're going to fire Ron Rivera. I don't expect that at all. What? Uh, I don't expect anything to come out of that meeting. Anything newsworthy? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure that. When, if Ron is, has a chance to talk to reporters about it, or if there are reports about it, you know, they'll probably be mostly sympathetic. They'll probably be right along the party line. Uh, you know, I just don't see, uh, again... They're, they're not going to do anything. I, they're, they're not going to do no, anything. No, they're not going to do anything. Yeah. They're why? not going to do anything. This is why, this is one of the reasons why I, I urge, and I know it's a long shot, to get this, to get this deal done, sell this team, and have that new ownership approved. Uh, you know, as soon as possible, so you can flush these idiots down the drain and try to get some smart people in there. Um, but that's not going to happen, probably. No, he's he's here with the rest of his staff in 2023. Somebody did ask me yesterday, do you think Jack Del Rio could have an opportunity to move on to a, to another place? And, and then that they would might let him go, considering the ownership change and the prospect. I Del Rio would get hired immediately if he were available for anybody needing a, a defensive coordinator, don't you think? As a defensive coordinator, yeah, 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 I think so. Um, I I think never as a head coach again. No. I I just think that the the Snyder's are in that mode of maybe checked out. I mean, I think what's more significant actually then the meeting that Ron's going to have, which is pretty normal, an end-of-the-season meeting with ownership, is that Dan wasn't at either game, uh, either of the final two games. Like, I think that, you know, there's the possibility, hopefully, that he finally is checked out, moved on, this is going to happen, and, you know, I mean, for him, I I can't imagine how it wouldn't be a relief at some point. Um, But anyway... Uh, there is another subject I want to get to because there was a report from Ian Rappaport this morning about Derek Carr. Uh, not a surprise, but we now know officially that Derek Carr is available. And I have a question to ask Tom and for uh, myself that I'll answer as well when we come back right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This segment of the show is brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC. And MyBookie will double your first deposit all the way up to 1000 Uh If you are thinking about trying to bet some of these NFL playoff games this weekend and you don't have a shop to do it, I would recommend MyBookie. They're going to give you free money. Uh, it is a fair place, point spreads, pricing, every which way you want to bet all of these games. They've got every single prop bet that you want available. Um, go to MyBookie.ag. Kevin DC is the promo code. If there's something written in the promo code when you register, just erase it and write Kevin DC, and they'll double your first deposit all the way up to a thousand bucks. The line that's moved the most here, actually, two point spreads have really moved at my bookie. Um, with the announcement yesterday that two is not going to play for Miami and that probably Skylar Thompson's going to be the starting quarterback, Buffalo's now a 13 and a half point favorite over Miami. And Cincinnati, with Lamar Jackson not practicing yesterday and really looking like he's not going to play at this point. Tyler C- Huntley not practicing uh, yesterday. Yeah, and Anthony Brown might be the starter. Some of my Baltimore uh, friends actually think uh, Anthony Brown would be a better solution. I had um, a good friend of mine, Bobby Trossett, who hosts uh, Raven's Vault, uh, which is an athletic podcast. And Bobby's a, a local, and he's a great guy, does a great job. He was on uh, radio with me this morning. He, he actually uh, discussed the Lamar Jackson thing in a very interesting way. He said, I don't know of any sort of big-named contract um, situation where the player's not playing – that that reporters, you know, the Rappaports, the Schefters, the local people here, nobody has any idea what's going on. It's true. Like, literally, there is no clue as to what's going on going on with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And in the case oh, of the Ravens, you know they don't tell you anything either. Because the Ravens right. don't have you know leaks. Why? Yeah. Well, but here's the other reason why. There's no agent. Well, there's no agent too. Great, great call. Yes, yes. I mean, a lot of a lot of information usually gets leaked Fair by point. agents. There's Fair no point. agent involved. Um, He's represented by his mother. But the line in this game, exactly, and the mother doesn't say anything. And then you've got a Ravens organization that never talks. Yeah, so they're they're buttoned down. Yeah. So the game is up to eight and a half. I actually like the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be in the smell test tomorrow. They are going to be an absolute wow. must need for every sports book in America, including my bookie. Wow. Um, go to mybookie.ag. Wow. Use my promo code, Kevin DC. Tommy, everybody's going to be on Cincinnati. I mean, they are lined up on Cincinnati right now. Even with the number going higher, it doesn't matter. 
They just Baltimore has averaged without Lamar Jackson 13 points a game. The over under on Baltimore's points uh, on my bookie right now 15 and a half points. And I bet you I bet you everybody's playing the under. They'll probably need the over on that. So look for the Ravens to score at least 16 on Sunday night. Um, I'll have my smell test uh, tomorrow. All right, so I wanted to um, – Ian Rappaport early on essentially said the Raiders now are open to fielding offers on Derek Carr. And Derek Carr just moments ago via Instagram put out a notice to Raider Nation. He said, quote, Raider Nation, it breaks my heart. I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye in person. We certainly have been on a roller coaster in our nine years together. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so grateful and appreciative of the years of support you gave to my family and me. We had our share of both heartbreaking moments and thrilling game-winning drives, and it always felt like you were there next to me. It's especially hard to say goodbye because I can honestly say that I gave you everything I had every single day, in-season, off-season. It certainly wasn't perfect, but I hope that I was able to leave you with more than a few great memories as Raider fans. Thank you to the city of Oakland. Thank you to the city of Vegas. Thank you to the organization, my teammates, coaches, staff, everybody that helped these last nine years. Thanks to all of Raider Nation who supported and encouraged, etc., etc. I once said that if I'm not a Raider, I'd rather be at home, and I meant that, but I never envisioned it ending this way. That fire burning inside of me to win a championship still rages, a fire no man can extinguish, only God. So I look forward to a new city and a new team who, no matter the circumstance, will get everything I have. Winning a championship is what I've always wanted and what I will continue to work towards. God bless you all. And with love, uh, Derek Carr. Um, so Let De- me just point out to you, Derek, that I know something else besides God that can extinguish that flame. <laughs> the, the Washington Commanders? Yes, yes. So, I mean, you know, God should get some of the credit, but I know somebody else that can snuff that flame right out. Yeah. So um, so everybody knows he's got a no-trade clause, you know, just like Russell Wilson had a no-trade clause. So he's got some control in this thing. You know, uh, the Raiders are in a good position right now after this season to deal him or even release him because the dead cap money is like $5.6 million dollars. Um, he is going to be a cap hit with his future teams uh, around $34 million next year and like $43 million uh, in 2024-2025. Now, I would expect that if a new team trades for him, they'll also restructure his deal potentially. This won't be a Carson Wentz situation. Here's my question, though, and I'll ask you first, and then I'll answer it second. Given how unsuccessful... Washington has been in going the route of trying to acquire veteran quarterbacks in the last three, you know, last two years, Fitzpatrick and Wentz. Um, the Alex Smith trade really didn't work out. And I know everybody will point to they were six and three, whatever. Alex Smith was not playing at a high level. Um, I don't think that the Alex Smith trade in 20, uh, before the 2018 season was going to lead to any sort of significant playoff a run with Alex Smith in Washington. Should you fear going down that veteran path again? Because Carr is available. Washington's got a pretty good roster. We've talked about that. 
regardless of what we want to say about the coaching, and I've got different, you know, differing views on Ron Rivera than you do. Um, not, you know, not a massive fan, but I don't think he's as bad as everybody thinks he is. And clearly, as a coach-centric head of the football operation, he's sitting here with a pretty decent roster. Terrible at quarterback, but they've drafted part, part, part it, of a decent roster that he inherited. Some of it, yep. The best players on the team he inherited, but there are some really yep. good young players that they drafted that they brought yes, in there here. Are. Um, and so, you know, this isn't going to be a Snyder owned organization anymore. So maybe a Derek Carr would waive a no trade clause for Washington. I don't know. Um, but should the question is. Should they fear going down this path again? Okay, let's let's get into our uh, suspend uh, reality belief mode. Yes, suspend reality, and let's assume that Derek Carr, you know, tells his agent, "Yeah, you know, maybe Washington will be different." I don't know who the own, new owner is going to be, but they got to be better than that guy, right? So, sure, go ahead and take a shot. I have no idea who I'm going to be playing for, but yeah. Let's 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 consider what they can give me, uh, because they do have some good weapons there in in Washington. Uh, let's take the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that the 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 dopes who are in charge are still in charge. Why would you want to invest in a quarterback like like Derek Carr? When you can get a Mitch Trubisky to do what you want that quarterback to do. I pointed that out yesterday. If they really were philosophically on the heavy run, they should have gotten Trubisky or Marcus Mariota last year. Yes. Yes. If this is is really what they're talking about, the last thing you want to do is invest in a a power arm. Mm -hmm. You know, a guy who's who's going to throw the ball 30 times a game. My God! I mean, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to assume that they're just bullshitting their way through, even though they probably are. I'm going to take them at their word and say no. You want? You, you don't want to do Derek because if once they trade for Derek Carr and he would come here, I'd be real interested to hear Martin Mayhew's uh, philosophy of offense then. <laughs> yeah. Um... Let me start with this. I'm just, I've never been a huge Derek Carr fan. Cooley and I always disagreed on Derek Carr. Now, in, now to, in Cooley's defense, when he was out there at Fresno as a draft prospect, he said, this guy's going to be an NFL starting quarterback for a long time. So it, it's not like he said he, he was going to be elite, but he called it. And, you know, he went in the second round. Um, he thought that Derek Carr had what it took. And I'll tell you who's a big fan of Derek Carr, in part because his, fa- because his brother coached him, is <clears throat> Jay Gruden. But... I don't know. I've never been – I've been surprised sometimes watching Derek Carr when he's played really, really well, and <clears throat> I've contemplated maybe, you know, being dead wrong, and maybe he is a franchise quarterback. But, you know, for in my world, people would always say, well, he's much better than Kirk, and I would say, I don't think he is personally. Um, but he's been kind of a top half of the league, floating around that 14 to 18 range for much of his career, um, which is much better than anything Washington's had, obviously, since Cousins uh, left. Uh, I wouldn't go after Derek Carr, okay? I, I mean, he would be a major upgrade over what they've had, and they've got a pretty good team, and I think with Derek Carr, they could be you know, a team that could win 10 games and be a playoff team, but I don't think you're going to go very far with Derek Carr, personally. Um, with that said, um, I would never fear 
continuing to try to find the answer at quarterback, even if it is a veteran, and even if the price is hefty. I mean, I would have traded for Stafford. Uh, Stafford worked out, obviously, for the Rams. I would have traded for Russell Wilson. That would have not worked out very well. Um, I'm already on record as saying if Aaron Rodgers became available, I would move heaven and earth to get Aaron Rodgers to D.C. Imagine the excitement. Imagine him with McLaurin and Dotson and some of those weapons uh, here on offense with a really good defense to go with it. Um, I, I, you know, in recent years, there have been some flops veterans and there have been some hits. You know, Stafford, Brady, um, you know, Phillip Rivers, the one year he had in Indianapolis. They won 11 games. They nearly uh, won a playoff game at Buffalo. Uh, I, I would, I would keep looking and turning over every stone on veterans, on young guys until I find the answer. There's nothing about swinging and missing on Carson Wentz and Ryan Fitzpatrick and Alex Smith that would have me fearing, you know, well, you keep giving up assets. I, I understand that, but I can't, I can't win without this position. So, what, you know, I, I need that position. Now, if I'm not in love with the player, I'm not going to do it. But if I, if I really like the player and he's a veteran player with a big contract and it's going to cost me, you know, a first-rounder, and, I, you know, I don't know what Derek Carr – remember, he's got some leverage here. Um, I don't know what Derek Carr will bring back, to be honest with you. I think it's a first, but I don't think it's more than a first. And it's certainly not an early first. You know, Washington's is 16th. Right. So, I mean, look at the, the the path. The the to me, the path of of intelligence here would be, uh, you, you give Sam Howell the shot, you draft a quarterback in the first round, and you bring in the veteran to compete as insurance, a low level, low cost veteran to compete as insurance, and you move forward. For next year's roster that way, and if you if if you hit on your number one draft pick, at some point during the season he takes over. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I'm not a big Derek Carr fan, so I'm not advocating that they trade for Derek Carr. I'm just saying that the idea that I know some of you believe in, which is enough with giving up picks and you know looking for veteran quarterbacks. Well. I, I need to find a quarterback. I don't care where he comes from. I need to find a quarterback because I haven't had one in several years that I can win with. All right, let's finish up the now show. That said, yeah, go ahead. That said, Aaron Rodgers, all, all bets are off, okay? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand okay. anybody that actually, if Aaron Rodgers became available and you had yes. a problem with this team pursuing Aaron Rodgers, I can't help you. And I know you'd say, yeah. well, Sheehan, you said the same thing about Russell Wilson, and you said the same thing about Deshaun Watson and Matt Stafford. I didn't say to the level of Aaron Rodgers. But, yeah, I would have been all in on Russell Wilson. I would have been all in on Matt Stafford. Before the Deshaun Watson stuff, I would have been all in on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, you're a Super Bowl contender next year with Aaron Rodgers in a Washington with, uniform. With those? Yes. Uh, I agree. And maybe it would be short-lived in terms of the window because of his age. So what? All right. I know that, but, but so what? I mean, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> You've been waiting all – I mean, you know, if once every 23 years 
you have a moment like that, you grab it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'd be on my knees begging. All right, let's finish up the show when we come back right after these words from a few of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tommy, by the way, got some feedback on his Malibu request the other day. He'll share that with us here shortly. But first, uh, tell them about Shelly's back room. Well, look, this time of year, January, February, I've found, personally, it's the time of year where your wife looks at you with the kids driving her crazy in the house on the weekend and say, look, we live in D.C., let's go to a museum. Let's go to the National Gallery of Art, or let's go to the uh, Natural History Museum or or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're saying, but there's football on, honey. (laughs) Okay. There's football on today, and she said, they're driving me crazy. Forget the games. You're, co- you're coming with us, okay? Uh, here's, your, here's your plan B. Uh, as you get into D.C., you explain to her that, well, you know what? What if, I just, like, what if I'm just a couple blocks away from you while you're going through the museum? And if you need yeah, me. Yeah, that'll work. If you need me, yeah. you just call me because you know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be at Shelley's back room, right? Yeah, at you, 1331 you, F Street Northwest, just a, just a short walk, right. from all the Smithsonian. Yeah, just you go okay, to the I East Wing at, at the National Gallery of uh, of Art, and I'll be at Shelley's. And just tell me if there's something there that you think you want me to see, and then yes, just take a picture yes. of it, and then bring it back to Shelley's for me. Yes, and if you need me, I'll be I'll I'll, I'll, I'll hustle down the street. And join you. Yeah. Uh, you know that this this is a plan that accommodates both of us, dear. Okay, I'm going into D.C. with you. I'm going to drive you into D.C. I'm going to park the car. I'm going to buy you know <laughs> everything like that. I'm just going to you know walk a couple blocks oh, away, gosh. sit down in a beautiful, warm setting. Seriously, would that would that work? Would that work for you with Liz? No. So why yes, are you? No, it wouldn't. It well, that's because yes, it she that's because she doesn't want to go to the National Ga- Gallery of Art with you. She no, she just work. wants the lift. This is, this is, no, this will work. Trust me. Okay. Trust me. Uh-huh. This will work. So this is your plan B when your when your family wants to go to the museums down in D.C. Shelley's back room. It's it's a museum. It's, it's a museum it's, for men. Yes, it's a museum for football. men. Goddamn right it is. Can we cuss during these commercials? Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is a museum for men. That's perfectly put. Thirteenth and F Street, no, Northwest. Not that's not true. There's a lot. Actually, there's a lot of I women there in, in, in there as well. But it's it's a museum for people who. 
want to watch football on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, as, as most normal Americans do. Sure. It's patriotic. What do you think about, what is your reaction to guys who have no clue that this weekend there's NFL playoff games going on? I mean, I've learned to live with it because that's my, that, that's my your family, in-laws' family. Yeah, right? They have that's no, my family. They have no clue. Listen, no, my my family had a birthday party mm-hmm. up in Philly for uh, my father-in-law on this on a Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. I've learned to live with that. I didn't didn't ask you what you've learned to live with. I asked you, what is your impression of a guy who this weekend has no idea that NFL playoff football is going on? Well, first of all, I don't do impressions. Second of all, uh... no, actually you don't. Uh, I do impressions (laughs) of you that people actually really enjoy. But go ahead. And second of all, I don't judge them too harshly. Uh, you know, I mean, again, I have a big tent. I know you don't think I do. I have a big tent <laughs> until you put a hole in the tent. Then you're out, okay? And you're not getting back in. But other than that, I have a big tent. And I have no problem, you know, hanging out, talking to people who may not share the same interest and devotion to the game of football as I do. So I don't necessarily have a huge, big impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you know, if they didn't? Funny, what mean, about if they didn't know the Super Bowl was going on? Uh, in that, by the way, I'm with you on that. I have a very, very dear friend um, for 30 years that has absolutely no clue that football is going on this weekend. This is somebody who I worked with for years. Was very much sort of a mentor for me, and I love him dearly. And he just couldn't care less about sports. But I think if he told me that he didn't know the Super Bowl was going on, I I think that would be dishonest. And he would never say that. He would actually say to me, the Super Bowl's this Sunday. What are you guys doing? I mean, where are you going to watch it? I'll come over and watch it with you. Because that's more of kind of a pop culture thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's generally the the game. But, again, like I said – uh, they had a party on Super Bowl Sunday, <laughs> and it was the day. It was the day the Ravens were in the Super Bowl. Oh boy! You know that, that is too. And so I'll never forget yeah. it because we left the party early, and my kids will never forget it. We stopped at a dive bar in Delaware and watched the game. I mean, where there were three people there, and me and my family to watch the Super Bowl. But that's Bowl. a great memory. I bet <laughs> they have of it. My kids never <laughs> forgot that. <laughs> of course, they didn't. <laughs> um, so you were looking for Malibu, uh, hotels. Did you take my recommendation and try to go through Georgetown and Pepperdine? No, I didn't. That's okay. too much work. Yeah. I don't have that much time. <laughs> well, that would have been my, that would have been plan B. Okay, but what, what was plan A? How did plan A work, work out for you? Well, I got responses from, uh, several people. All of them were very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Goldstein, Sent me an email with a with a recommendation. What was his recommendation? Uh, his recommendation, uh, and actually, was the same recommendation as uh, as uh, okay as Richard uh-huh. uh, Richard Castellano sent me the same recommendation. They both recommended the Malibu Country Inn. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to consider that. All right. Uh, and pos- and and look into it. 
uh, one of our devoted listeners, Matt Hardman, actually suggested that, you know, maybe I could use his place, uh, you know, out there. Uh, but uh, I think I'm going to I'm going to consider the Malibu country in. Uh, I, I haven't made a commitment I, yet, but I, uh, I got a, I got some good response from people. I'm looking at the website here, um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just I don't know. We haven't had a very harsh winter here. You're down in Florida right now. You're enjoying the great weather, and I don't have that you know massive uh, desire that I get this time of year where it's like, Oh my God, get me the hell out of of here. I want to go somewhere warm and play golf and enjoy water and sun. But when you look online and you look at some of these pictures and of hotels and that are especially ones that are right near the beach, man, I could do that. We, we have not, we've had an easy winter here. I mean, Tommy, it's like 50 something degrees again here today. It's raining. The week before I left, was when we had the frigid week. Well, yeah, Christmas. That was Christmas right week. We left. Christmas week and yeah. weekend was unusually cold. That's true. Um, yes, but we were still up there then. All right. Do you have? You said you had something else. Well, two other things. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, last year I had a bunch of uh, little, I don't know, one inch by two inch sticky photos made of me. Okay, to carry around with me to spread the legacy of Lavero in various places, public places. What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking? Even... What are you talking about? I had made a bunch of one by two inch sticky photos of me. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And uh, my plan was to leave them at various locations, like when we were in Nashville. Uh, I left one on on a rooftop bar. I just stuck it on this. I think you told part me about of the wall. This, but why, why? Well, to spread the legacy of, of Lavero. But d- does it say your name on it? No, doesn't say my name. Well, it's then just a picture you're of me. then you're not really spreading the legacy of Lavero because well, nobody I mean, knows who I, they're I, looking I, at. Well, the curiosity, uh, you know, winds up taking over, <laughs> and people try to find out. Oh, they try to search that, that – they try to match that picture with a name on Google? Yeah, but let me get to the best part. <laughs> do they get to the okay. podcast that way? I don't know if they do. Because <laughs> if, if that, that would be like a guerrilla marketing technique. What I would do, though, is I would just write the thekevinsheanshow.com on that one by two. Let's see if we can generate well, more was, listeners. That, that would take some of the fun out of it. Yeah. Uh, there's this bar where we went last year called Bric-a-Brac. Uh, they had a great band, Friday Night Dancing. We used to like to go. And we had a great waitress. And she carries around one of these, like, tablets with her bills in there to, you know, to write, to write out the bills. And it's a hard, like, like tablet. Right. Uh, and uh, she was a great waitress. And so I gave her one of the sticky photos to put on the back of her tablet. Oh, my God. Okay? Mm-hmm. This was last year. I think I remember so this. We go to Bric-a-Brac this, this past Friday night, and who's there? The same waitress. Did she have it and on the back? guess what? No, she didn't. She still has oh, the photo on. on the back come of her. come on. That's yes. no way. I, I, then she I saw she saw it. you walk in and she's she's had it in like her locker and she pulled it out because she wanted you to no. believe that she's had it on there the whole no. year. No, 
It was stuck on there, baby. It's been there. <laughs> it was warm. You got that thing is really sticky. <laughs> oh, it my. was warm. That's pretty funny. So she kept it on there for a year. So what happened when so she? So I thought that was. So what did she know? Did she recognize you right off off the bat when she saw you walk in? Yes. Well, we we had her. T- she, we sat at her table. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we were, but when she came over, she recognized who I was. And she did right she away. immediately turn over her thing. To show you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I posted a picture of it. That's great. Okay? Uh-huh. Now, one last thing. What? I sent you a message last night. I get no response. What, what, what message did you send me? God it was a video. It. I sent you a video. Uh, yep. I see At it. all. I see it right now. First karaoke Zero. song at Kenny D's in Miramar Beach. Rednecks, White Sox, Blue Ribbon Beer. So this is you singing? So what do you want me to do? Yes. You want, want me to put it on the podcast? Well, I mean, you could if you want, but look it. <laughs> I just don't know how you get that and not even respond. <laughs> because I didn't see it. And what kind of what kind of reaction did you get? Uh, go go go! Very oh, good one, a good one, of course. Yeah, massive applause. Yeah, massive applause. Do you think you have a good voice? No, I don't think I have a bad voice, but I don't have a good voice. Okay. Um, I, mean, was... I know people who have bad voices. Okay, I just think I, I have a. Voice. I got to give you credit. I don't think I would. I've never done karaoke. Never. Swear to God. I've been at a place. Well, it's a lot. I tell you what, this scene, this scene, it's at Kenny D's, the bar right next door to us. Uh-huh. And uh, every Wednesday, it's outdoors. You know, we're sitting, yeah. we're sitting out there watching the sunset while we're doing, uh, you know, karaoke. It's, and everyone's having a great time drinking and singing. <laughs> it's, it's a blast. That's great. I give you a lot of credit. I mean, I, I don't think I would do it. I mean, I, uh, first of all, I'm not a good singer. But I will tell you that my father is an excellent singer. My father, and he listens to the podcast, my father not only was a really good singer, my father, I have, I have three boys and two of them are really good musicians. It definitely comes from my father. Now, I okay. did not grow up playing instruments. I wish I had. Like, I wish I was, I wish my father had said, you know, or my, my mother and father had said, you're getting piano lessons or you're going to learn how to play the guitar because I, you know, I love music. And by the way, um, rest in peace, Jeff Beck. Um, but I, I, uh, I never did. I mean, I was into sports. I was always playing sports. I didn't have an interest in that. And my father was definitely a father that didn't push anything. Like he wanted me to love what I was doing, not, you know, feel like, uh, that what I was doing was pleasing him, you know, but my, right. b- but two of my three boys are very musical. You know, my, my middle son is a musician. I mean, he is part of, you know, a, a duet with his girlfriend. She's a singer. He, he's not a great singer. He's a, I shouldn't say that he's a good singer. Um, but he can play every single instrument. My youngest son plays guitar really well. 
Uh, but that's I wish I had learned how to play in, an instrument. I cannot sing to save my life. I'm a terrible singer. Um, but my father was I, actually a great singer. I wish I, I could have played a, an instrument. I'm the same way. Uh, uh, where Liz, my wife, is, is a piano player. Our son, Kara, uh, Kara plays son took piano, piano too. Lessons. Yeah. And uh, I, I wish I had that discipline at an old, older age to even do it, but uh, too much work. And I do love music. I do wish I played. Um, th- yeah, there are two things I wish I, I wish I had learned. Like, I took French for five years, and I can speak a little uh, French, un peu, very little. Um, and when when I've gone to France, I can get a, I can understand it, but I can't speak it. I wish I sp- could speak at least one other language, and I wish I played one instrument. And by the way, I think I'd want to play piano, although guitar would be fun. Me too. But I think I'd want to be able to play piano. I actually I, I actually too. like a year ago. Um, it was during I, I took a few days off, but I didn't go anywhere. And I did one of those apps on sort of Piano 101. And for two straight days, I started the process of basically trying to learn piano online. And then I gave up. It takes a lot of work to be able to do that. Yes, it does. And I think there's a yeah. huge benefit to being young when you yes. are taught that stuff. I would agree. Anyway. Okay. Well, That's I, all I got for you, Bob. You're, you're brave. Um, and you looked good up there. And you know what? You sounded fine. Uh, I don't think there was any other sports. Caps lost. Wizards won. Kyle Kuzma hit a big three. Um, I don't know what to make of the Wizards, guys. Those of you that have asked me, I mean, one night I watch them and I'm convinced that, you know, if they're healthy, they're actually not a bad team at all. And they're a team that'll probably be playing a best of seven at some point. And then there are other nights I watch them and I'm like, they are terrible. Kyle Kuzma, though, is a good player. He's a really good player. Um, but they didn't have poor Zingas. They didn't have Beal last night. They haven't had Beal for a while. Uh, and they beat the Bulls. So what? Um, you know what's interesting? Can I just mention this real quickly? Because I know you don't care, but some of the listeners, a very few listeners care. The Maryland people care. So Maryland beat Ohio State on Sunday. We didn't really talk about that at all because, um, you know, it was the follow-up Monday show to – the win over the Cowboys. Maryland beat Ohio State on Sunday um, at Xfinity Center, which was a good win. Ohio State was ranked. The Big Ten this year, it's two things. Number one, the Big Ten this year is insane. Like right now, Rutgers, Penn State, Northwestern are having big years. And Indiana, who was the highest ranked Big Ten team, you know, top 10-ish at the beginning of the year, is right now at the bottom of the Big Ten. They've lost three straight games to Iowa, Northwestern, and they got blown out last night at Penn State. So I don't know what's going on with Indiana. But I wanted to admit something for maybe the first time. I have finally settled in as a Big Ten person. Formerly, you know, ACC my whole life, ACC basketball was everything. I don't pay attention to anything in the ACC anymore. For the first few years, Naki and I used to talk about that, this first few years in Maryland and the Big Ten, we'd still be watching all the ACC games and couldn't have cared less about the other Big Ten games. Now, the only college basketball this time of year I watch, Big Ten. And I finally settled into kind of recognizing that the Big Ten is a hell of a league, Maryland's fortunate to be in it, 
And by the way, as a basketball league, which is what I care about most, I mean, I'm thrilled with the job Loxley's doing. And eventually when they go away from these divisions, when UCLA and USC come into the league, which will be really weird, um, maybe Maryland will have a better chance. But in basketball, top to bottom, for the last few years, it's been so much fun to watch. And, you know, the ACC, part of this, too, is that the ACC isn't the ACC anymore. You know, you turn on an ACC. You know what? There's no Coach K. There's no Coach K. There's no Roy Williams. Um, but, yeah, yeah but, but that's part of it. But more of it has to do with you turn it on and it's like, hey, it's a big ACC game tonight between Pitt and Louisville. Uh, you know, I, I, I just I can't do that. The Big Ten, Maryland and Rutgers are the only recent, true recent additions. And I do think the Big Ten is thrilled to have Maryland in the league in particular as a basketball member. I do, and I've talked to Big Ten fans from other schools, and they love having Maryland in the league as a basketball school. And I'll tell you what, Rutgers as a basketball school in the Big Ten has really started to produce some good teams with an excellent coach in Peichel. I mean, they are sitting there tied for second, I think, in the Big Ten right now. They've got a hell of a team, and they've had some really good teams here the last couple of years. So it's, it's a fun league. Maryland's at Iowa on Sunday. Um, in a uh, in a game to try to get him back to 500 in league play, Iowa at least plays fast. Um, they're not they're one of the few uh, teams in the league that prefer to play fast rather than kind of grind it out like they saw against Rutgers. Um, but we'll see what happens. Anyway, um, first time I think I've admitted that I've settled in as a Big Ten guy, and I really, really am invested, especially in Big Ten basketball. I, I, I think it's fun. I've gotten to know the fan bases a little bit. I've certainly gotten to know the referees, the coaches, the traditions, a lot of really tough venues in the Big Ten to play in. So there you go. You got anything else for me today, boss? I got nothing else, boss. All right. Back tomorrow with Cooley to preview the NFL Wild Card Weekend games. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.